Dear Father, we're so thankful for this uh, wonderful word that you have given us in the book of Revelation. We thank you for the promises and the worship that uh, we see as the natural response to this truth. And uh, we pray that our hearts are stirred to the same reaction as those in heaven and uh, the angels. We pray that we also worship you in your justice and in your might, and that we see the, uh, the cause of this destruction that has to come upon the world as you mete out justice, which you've overlooked in the, uh, in the previous dispensations. We uh, pray for wisdom and guidance as we look at these last few verses of chapter 18, and we pray for the safety and health of everyone who is part of our Bible study who can't be here tonight. Pray for traveling mercies uh, for those in flight, and uh, we pray for just a good study this, um, this evening and a good summer. We pray these things in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, so this is our last lesson in concluding judgment. When we come back in the fall, we're going to still be looking at a few or at a chapter of judgment, but it's really moving more into the conclusion of all things when we uh, or when Jesus sets up the kingdom. So this is the end of our concluding judgment section that has that began back in chapter six and is now concluding in chapter 18. In this section of scripture from Revelation chapter 18, verse nine, all the way through verse 19 is just one long lament by three different groups of people. The first group is the rulers of the earth. The next group is the uh, merchants of the earth. And then there's the sailors um, who gain their wealth by the seas. And so we start with the rulers and their lament. They say the kings of the earth who committed acts of immorality and lived sensuously with her will weep and lament over her when they see the smoke of her burning, standing at a distance because of the fear of her torment, saying, woe, woe, the great city Babylon, the strong city, for in one hour your judgment has come. Now these kings of the earth We've been talking about some kings who came and destroyed Babylon, and these are not the same kings as those who destroyed Babylon. They're not destroying it and then turning around and crying about it. These are the same kings which have committed acts of immorality with the great harlot. We saw them back in chapter 17, verses 1 and 2. We saw them also in verse 18 of chapter 17, the woman who you saw is the great city which reigns over the kings of the earth, these kings who are under her influence, who are um, attached to her in an immoral way. These are the kings who wail when the city is destroyed. The kings who destroyed it apparently are these kings which the antichrist or the false Christ was allied with. These 10 horns, which are 10 kings. So it becomes obvious right away that these 10 kings are not the only kings on all the earth. Um, either they are designated by the one world government over the whole earth, and there are still kings under them, or else this isn't a kingdom that uh, truly dominates every corner of the earth and every plot of land, um, but one that has such an overwhelming influence that it becomes a one world government. We could think of um, Babel, Egypt, Assyria, all those other great great nations which um, were essentially one world governments because they stood at the forefront of 
of all the nations, uh, but this one will be a, an incredibly strong government, but it will turn on the city of Babylon. And we discussed earlier why they might do that, probably because the false Christ would like to set up his, uh, his location in Jerusalem, and so Babylon will no longer serve its purpose. Revelation 17, 16, the ten horns which you saw, and the beast, these will hate the harlot and will make her desolate and naked and will eat her flesh and burn her up with fire. And we saw that God is going to use uh, this will that they have in order to fulfill his own will in his divine sovereignty. And so it's not the ten kings who destroy her that wail and lament, but it's all the other kings which have benefited from this uh, center of power, Babylon. They will weep and lament over her when they see the smoke of her burning. And now there are plenty of other things that happened to Babylon when we looked at um, the whole program of Armageddon. We saw there's a lot of different uh, things that come on her. For example, one of the uh, seven bold judgments is darkness will come on the city. But uh, burning and fire is the primary means of destruction here. We'll also see that uh, a great earthquake will take care of a lot of her uh, as well. But we want to think fire when we think Babylon's end. And this is similar to how God ends uh, to how God ends Sodom and Gomorrah. Remember from Genesis 19. Now Abraham rose early in the morning and went to the place where he had stood before the Lord. And he looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the valley. And he saw and behold, the smoke of the land ascended like the smoke of a furnace. So we have a very similar picture here in Revelation as we did back in Sodom and Gomorrah. And it's going to be a complete destruction in a similar way. Also, what seems uh, to be important to these kings will stand at a distance um, because of the fear of her torment. A little later, we'll look at why they fear this torment. Uh, primarily, it has to do with the fact that they have allied themselves with her. And those who are allied with this false Christ system have been promised by the Lamb that they would share in the same suffering. But they don't rush in to help Babylon. They do let it burn, although they do mourn over uh, the destruction of the city. Standing at a distance possibly does not mean that they see it with the naked eye, uh, but they observe it from wherever they are in the earth. Uh, now we have the technology to do this, and we can understand how the kings of the earth might stand at a distance um, and watch this happen. It's likely that all of these kings are not um, in the Mesopotamian Valley watching this happen. And what they say when they see it is, woe, woe, the great city of Babylon, the strong city, for in one hour your judgment has come. Now, each one of these laments are going to begin with woe, woe, uh, but they all have a different way of describing Babylon. And each one of those descriptions has to do with their relationship to her. And here we see that Babylon is a great city and a strong city. Uh, you might say a fortified city or one that that uh, exercises its power over the earth, they are lamenting the loss of its political influence um, over all the earth, its um, strength of military, perhaps, that which um, supports their strength also um, as they are allied with her. 
And then notice as well the swiftness of this judgment. In one hour, your judgment has come. Now, each one of these laments is also going to repeat one hour. Uh, I don't believe there is a single number in all of Revelation that I've found, which isn't best taken literally. There is no need to take this one hour figuratively, although it can be an expression for just a shortness of time. Uh, the fact that it's repeated three times, um, although it's poetry, the fact that it's repeated three times, uh, I think points towards its literal interpretation. I don't think it will take more than an hour for this city to be destroyed. It will probably, probably be about as close to an hour as anyone would reasonably estimate. So in other words, these, this entire city, Babylon, is going to go down faster than uh, any nation in history, and it's going to go down violently as well.